Impressions from rookie minicamp and the Bills signed three new players, a couple of which are intriguing. I'm sharing my thoughts on all of that today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, folks, we've got some newsy stuff to talk about here today on the podcast. I had a special project lined up for today. We're going to push that to tomorrow and Wednesday and focus in on what we learned over the weekend because the Bills had rookie minicamp, and so there's some impressions that I want to share from that in addition to the signing of three new players, plus we had Brandon Bean meet with the media. So there's some things to reflect on for this football team that's very relevant right now, so that's what we're going to focus on today. And I want to start with three players that were invited to rookie minicamp that were signed to contracts by the Buffalo Bills. And two of them are veteran NFL players, and one is a rookie now that's now an undrafted free agent rookie for the Buffalo Bills. So we'll start our conversation there. And I want to start with the guy that's most intriguing, Shane Ray. The Bills signed Shane Ray. And you might be thinking to yourself, who is that and why is that intriguing? Allow me to explain. Well, he's a defensive end, a pass rusher. He's 29 years old. He turns 30 this week. So on the 18th, he turns 30 years old. Six foot three, 245 pounds, 33 and one eighth inch arms, has some quickness to him, ran a 464 40 yard dash with a 33 inch vertical jump and a 120 inch broad jump. And he was actually a first round pick, number 23 overall out of Missouri in the 2015 NFL draft by the Denver Broncos and his last season at Missouri. He had a ton of production, 22 and a half tackles for loss and 14 and a half sacks that broke Alden Smith and Michael Sam's record for sacks in a season at Missouri when he got 14 and a half back in 2014. That season, he wasn't an all All-American, a consensus All-American, the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. And there was a lot of belief that he would be a top 10 NFL draft pick. Now, he wound up being the number 23 pick in the draft. um, And that was due in part to an arrest. He was uh, arrested just a few days prior to the draft for marijuana possession. And that kind of led to his slide. And when you look at his rookie season, with the Denver Broncos. Uh, He was part of that Super Bowl championship team in 2015. And he was also Von Miller's teammate there in Denver for the first four years uh, 
of his NFL career. And if you go back to that 2015 season, like I mentioned, um, they won the Super Bowl. So he's a Super Bowl champion and they beat the Carolina Panthers, of course, who had Sean McDermott as the defensive coordinator, Brandon Bean as the assistant general manager, uh, plenty of other coaches, Al Holcomb, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Eric Washington, Mike Shula, all on that staff from the Carolina Panthers. And of course, uh, Shane Ray was part of the reason they lost the Super Bowl. He had a forced fumble in the game to go with a couple of tackles. And so in that rookie season, he had four sacks. He played 35% of the defensive snaps. And then his second season in the NFL, he took a big-time step forward. Started six games, was on the field for 58% of Denver's defensive snaps. He collected eight sacks. It looked like he was on his way to fulfilling the promise of being a first-round pick. But after that, injuries really became an issue for Shane Ray. Uh, In 2017, his third season, the dude had three different wrist surgeries and was limited to just eight games that season. Fast forward another year, and he had another wrist surgery in 2018, and he was limited to only 253 defensive snaps. And so after a promising start to his tenure with the Denver Broncos, obviously the last two years it was just wrist injury uh, and wrist surgery galore, and he really was never able to really build off of that. So in 2019, he spends the entire offseason with the Baltimore Ravens and was released just prior to the start of the season and then he didn't play any more football in 2019 or 2020. He then signs with the Toronto Argonauts of the CFL in 2021. He played there for two seasons. And last year, 2022, he had a pretty good year, six sacks, two forced fumbles uh, in 13 games. And Toronto actually won the Grey Cup, which is like the the Super Bowl of the CFL um, in 2022. But Shane Ray didn't get a chance to play in that game because he had a torn bicep. And now he got a tryout with the Bills, and he signed a one-year contract, and now he's in the mix. The Bills added him into this defensive end mix. And I'll admit to you, I have a little bit of excitement over this. I'm not sitting here counting on anything, but to me, it's a reasonable swing at the bat. Now, we've talked about the Bills adding a veteran defensive end at some point here, and I was hoping for like Justin Houston or Melvin Ingram or Carlos Dunlap or Leonard Floyd. Um, but at least this player is intriguing. He's certainly not one of those guys that has had recent success in the NFL. I mean, it's, it's fair to point out that the guy hasn't really done anything in the NFL since 2016. And so it'd be unlikely that all of a sudden he comes in and is a meaningful player, but I think there's a reasonable chance of that happening. And if you looked at his Instagram post, you can tell he's really motivated. This was an emotional stretch for him. I'm sure you can imagine being the first round pick of a team and being introduced to the fan base and so much promise, just like we have right now for Dalton Kincaid, right? All excited about Dalton Kincaid. Uh, you're excited what, about what he can mean for the offense. You know, they were looking at this guy as, as an, a complimentary player to uh, Von Miller back in the, you know, mid 2010s and, you know, wrist injuries really derailed the thing for him. And, you know, it's been a rough sled for him, right? He's he try to get on with the Ravens, couple of years without football, a couple of years in the CFL. Now he's got a chance to go back to the NFL with the Bills and see what he can do. And as I've said a thousand times now, I'm expecting Von Miller to start the season on the pup list. And so Shane Ray's path to a roster spot, if he has anything left in the tank, isn't that crazy. I mean, the Bills have this mix of 
Von Miller, right? Again, kind of put him off to the side because I don't think he really counts right now. But Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Boogie Basham, Cameron Klein, who they just got off waivers from the Colts like a week ago, and Shane Ray. We've seen the Bills oftentimes keep five defensive ends. And so if they keep five, all he's got to do is beat out Cameron Klein, and he's on this roster. If they keep four, he's got to beat out uh, Shaq Lawson slash Boogie Basham to make this roster. And so I'm going to keep it in proper context as a player that was signed after a rookie minicamp invite at 30 years old. Like I said, I certainly acknowledge that, but I do have at least an ounce of excitement about this player being added to the mix. So that's kind of the lead story here is the bills had rookie minicamp and they came away with signing Shane Ray, who is at the minimum, a, a very intriguing addition to this point. And I'm excited to see, you know, where things go with training camp, and what he looks like in the preseason. And, hey, maybe the Bills find one of those guys that randomly kind of gets their chance and winds up being a meaningful player. That's not been a impossible thing to happen in the NFL. And so I, I, I'm here to admit to you that I'm I'm pretty intrigued. All right, so the Bills added a linebacker in Traven Howard, another running back that I want to get to in just a moment. Of course, my impressions from what we learned from rookie minicamp. But first, I do need to tell you about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And look, it's not just the NBA playoffs right now. We have the NHL playoffs that are happening. Major League Baseball is in full swing. You can get in on the action for NFL futures if you if you like that type of stuff. Plenty of great opportunities over at FanDuel. And look, there is no better place to bet on all the playoff action in sports than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's shift gears to the other players that the Bills signed. We'll get into Traven Howard next, who is 27 years old. He actually just turned 27 like last week on May 10th. He's 5'11", 220 pounds, and he's an athletic guy. Ran a 4'5", 40-yard dash with a 35.5-inch vertical jump, 10'4", broad jump, an RAS score of an 8-1-1, and that is influenced a lot by his size. In fact, when he actually ran those numbers, he was coming out of TCU, and he was like 5'11", 211. And so he's added some weight, you know, now that he's in the NFL and he actually made a conversion from safety to linebacker. We'll get into that now. So he was a seventh round pick in 2018 by the LA Rams out of TCU. And then from 2019 to 2022 with the Rams, he played in 29 games. He had two starts for the Rams, very famous for the game clinching interception in, uh, in 2021, the NFC championship game against the 49ers that sent the Rams to the Super Bowl. Traven Howard made that play. And yes, he's another former teammate of Von Miller. So uh, Shane Ray had four years with Von Miller in Denver. And then uh, Traven Howard, uh, at least that half a season that Von was with the Rams in LA. Uh, he only played in one game last season, though. He, he had a, a groin injury that really kind of limited his opportunity, but has been a four-phase special teamer, an excellent four-phase special teamer for the Rams. 
at TCU. Um, he started his career at safety and then he switched to linebacker and he was crazy productive for like three seasons at linebacker, like tons of tackles, tons of splash plays and production, a lot of good coverage metrics as well when it comes to Traven Howard. And to me, he's an intriguing addition at this point in the process. We talked about this when we did the 53-man roster projection uh, recently on the podcast that the Bills needed another linebacker. Uh, they had seven guys competing for six spots. I think the Bills are going to roster six linebackers. And they only had seven guys for those six spots. And so I figured another player would be added at some point. It's now happened in Traven Howard. And so now you have this mix of Matt Milano, Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dotson, Tyler Medikavich, uh, Tyrell, I already said Tyrell Dotson, Balen Spector, A.J. Klein, and now Traven Howard. You got eight players competing for those six spots. And so the Bills needed to get another body here. And um, at least you get one that's got some coverage upside, that's has special teams experience, has been in the league for a little bit, uh, has some athleticism. I think it's a very worthwhile addition here to add that additional player to the mix. Last player to talk about here is Isaiah Bowser. The Bills signed him after a rookie minicamp invite. He's now an undrafted free agent out of UCF. He's 23 years old. He turns 24 in July. Six foot, 220 pound running back. Very athletic. Ran a, uh, or excuse me, had an RAS score of 8.88. So that's very good. And he actually attended a, a rookie minicamp with the Baltimore Ravens before the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills offered him a contract, and now he's part of this mix. Uh, Bowser, he started his college career at Northwestern. Then he transferred to UCF. He spent the last two seasons at UCF, and he's got a lot of touchdowns. He had 16 rushing touchdowns in 2022 this past season, and the year before that he had nine. So he's he's really excelled um, with some short yardage goal line carries. And for his college career, he's not been that productive, but the touchdowns are pretty crazy. He has 32 rushing touchdowns, but Otherwise, he has 698 carries for 2,786 yards across like five seasons. So never like a feature guy, but uh, kind of that downhill short yardage player. Uh, only averaged four yards per carry. I'm sure some of that's limited by a lot of that being short yardage opportunities to carry the football. Um, kind of disappointed to see that he only averaged 2.54 yards after catch per rush. You know, you, you look for that to be a little bit bigger, but again, maybe that speaks to a lot of those short yardage carries and not necessarily having a ton of real estate uh, to work with. And, um, you know, just another player for the Bills here that the Bills needed to add based on numbers. Uh, we talked about this as well during the 53-man roster projection that, you know, they're probably going to keep four running backs. That does not include Reggie Gilliam. So you're, you're looking at James Harris, excuse me, James Cook, Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, Latavius Murray as the leading candidates for those four roster spots. And they have two undrafted free agents now in Jordan Mims, who we've already talked about out of Fresno State, and Isaiah Bowser um, out of UCF now in the mix. So those guys, Bowser and Mims, you're going to see them run the football a ton in preseason, I'm sure of it, uh, because the Bills have, you know, pretty, pretty uh, I wouldn't call reliable, but a, a group of backs that you don't really want to give too much work uh, to in preseason. Um, with some of those veterans there, especially Harris, Latavius Murray, Naeem Hines, James Cook. I mean, maybe a little bit of run in the preseason, but not much. And so those guys are going to carry the rock quite a bit. And they'll get a chance to showcase themselves. And you're probably going to stash at least one of them on your practice squad. So uh, two reasonably interesting backs for the Bills to work with when it comes to that lens of uh, get us through the preseason 
stash you on the practice squad and, you know, have a chance to come up through the pipeline, keeping in mind that, like we talked about, Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, one-year players, and both of those players, Jordan Mims and Isaiah Bowser, are both uh, bigger-bodied guys that, hey, if they really prove themselves, they'll have a chance, have a real chance to be potentially the Bills' third or fourth running back uh, in 2024. Let's now move into talking about some of the notable comments and takeaways from uh, the rookie minicamp. And if you're like me, when the rookie minicamp started on Friday, you've been glued to to social media. You want to get every picture, right? You want to see all these new Bills players that they added. You want to see pictures of them. You want to see video of them doing their thing in Bills uniforms. Uh, certainly paying attention to all the beat reporters in attendance at um, rookie minicamp and trying to, you know, kind of piece together every bit of information possible to to come away with the uh, the, the right takeaways. And of course, a big shout out to Matt Perino of Syracuse.com. He posted an observation column uh, that everybody should read over at Syracuse.com as well as uh, the Shout uh, podcast. Check that out with Ryan Talbot. They do a great job of breaking things down. So, you know, Matt's got firsthand information um, and he's one of my go-to sources for practice recaps. And so I want to share some of the things that he shared as well as just, hey, I was glued to social media all weekend trying to, you know, get as much information as possible. So I want to share some of my thoughts um, from from that. I want to start with Dalton Kincaid, uh, Bill's first round pick, obviously. Um, in all of the commentary and all the videos that we were able to see, the route running is really good. And and that's not a surprise. We, we knew that. If you watched him at Utah, you knew he was a really, really good route runner. Um, but seeing it happen with the Bills uniform on certainly gets me excited to see his ability to sink his hips and really get in and out of breaks and show that bend and flexibility to rapidly change directions. You know, he, he's got all that. I'm, I'm really impressed with that ability that he has to sink his hips and really, really turn tight quarters for a guy that's, you know, six foot four. Um, and so that was cool to see. Obviously, the hands, everybody seems to be continuously complimentary of the hands. Again, if you watch him at Utah, you know, this guy has unbelievable hands. Um, it was interesting talk, listening to hear, listening to him talk, um, knowing that it was his first action in a long time. He had that back injury. He hasn't played a game since December 2nd. He hasn't practiced in six months. You know, he's talked about kind of shaking off some of that rust. Um, but, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed listening to Dalton Kincaid ever since he was drafted by the Bills. I'm sure a lot of you are just like me and that you've listened to every word he said. You know, the Bills have put out a lot of good content through their YouTube channel and, of course, their social media handles that you get a chance to get to know some of these players the Bills have drafted. And I'll tell you what, Dalton Kincaid is uh, seems like a really good dude, right? A guy that you're going to be really comfortable as part of this organization. Um, seems like he's very even keeled, you know, happy dude, good, good, charismatic guy that, you know, he's not going to sit there and just talk and give you too much information, but um, just good mannerisms. You can tell he's a, he's a good dude. And and I like the way that he talks and the way that he's interacted and the way that he's answered the questions given to him about um, everything to this point, you know, reflecting on the process of getting drafted by the bills to what's been happening since then. You know, you can tell he's, he's kind of got that pro mentality about him. Osiris Torrance, uh, courtesy of Matt Perino's report and of course Osiris Torrance himself he talked about it you know he's getting reps at both right and left guard um, he's doing a lot of individual drills from the left side the team reps from the right side and um, you know that makes a lot of sense he commented on that you know he's mostly he, all of his college career he was at right guard 
so he's more comfortable there. But the Bills don't really lock anybody into any one spot. They want you to be able to know both sides. And so Osiris Torrance, of course, is no exception there. I really appreciated the comments that he made about working with Aaron Cromer and um, talked about he's just a different type of offensive line coach and that Aaron Cromer adjusts the technique and the style of play that he wants from you based on your body type and your skill set. He said, I like how Cromer is flexible and how he tweaks technique based on your play style. That's not very common. A lot of times coaches want it to look a certain way no matter what. Aaron Cromer, and I've, t- I've had firsthand conversations with Aaron Cromer on this. He's willing to allow you to play the game the best way possible tailored to your own individual skill set. I mean, Osiris Torrance is what, six foot five, 340 pounds. He's going to play the game a lot differently than David Edwards, who might be 6'3, 301 pounds. And asking them all to do it the same way honestly doesn't make sense when you really think about it. And Aaron Cromer's very keen on, all right, this is what you do well. This is how your, your body is slapped together. And this is going to be the best way for you to be the best player you can be. And I can really appreciate that about him. So Osiris Torrance, you can tell he's got a lot of personality to him. Uh, happy dude. Seems really comfortable with all the media sessions and, you know, looks like he's going to get a real chance here to be one of the starters on this offensive line, which we'll get to here uh, when I reflect on Brandon Bean's comments in just a moment. I want to get through some of these other players. Dorian Williams, uh, the reports that I was able to gather was mostly complimentary of his build and his athleticism. Obviously, it's hard for a linebacker in not non-full contact work to really pop, but, you know, he is slapped together really well. He is athletic, um, and so it's good to see those things show up. And, and that type of commentary says to me that he's going out there, he's playing fast, he's running around, and that's what you want to hear. Uh, Justin Shorter, the Bills' fifth-round pick wide receiver from Florida. You can see there's a lot of hype for him right now based on that body type, that physique. Um, we knew this, right? I mean, we knew he was a big dude, 6'4", 220-something pounds, um, has a lot of um, muscular definition. Brandon Bean uh, called him a pretty-looking dude and was kind of like just pointing at the frame. I mean, yeah, I mean, this guy – this guy's a transformer, right? I mean, he's he's an alien at the position with the way he's built together. And so um, he's going to certainly look the part, right? <laughs> that's that's all that's all true. And, and Brandon Bean actually called him a good fourth down player and, you know, referring to his special teams pedigree, which is really important. That's been a big part of our conversations on this podcast about Justin Shorter. It's not just the size and the physicality and the speed that he brings to the table. Um, it's that as a depth player for you, you know that he can help you on special teams, and he did that at, at Florida, right? He was a gunner and a jammer, and he'll get that same opportunity, I'm sure of it, with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, one last comment here on the uh, the rookie minicamp takeaways. Again, this is courtesy of Matt Perino talking about Nick Broker, Bill's seventh-round pick. One of the, the appeals with Nick Broker is that he can play potentially all five spots. I think he's best suited to play on the interior, kind of a get-you-out-of-a-game if you have to at tackle. Uh, but, you know, his – his skill set really translates best to me on the interior, particularly at left guard. Uh, but you know, we, one thing that we've known about Nick Broker is that whether it's at the Senior Bowl or going back to his time at Ole Miss, he spent time snapping. And so there's a belief that he can play some center, even though he's never done it in a game. Uh, but Matt Perino did report that there were some snap issues uh, throughout the session on Friday. And I think that's to be expected. Obviously, he's still new. 
right, to playing center. But also, you know, you're talking about uh, tryout caliber quarterbacks coming in and having to take snaps. Guys, you're not really familiar with. I, I'm sure if Nick Broker was snapping to Josh Allen, there there potentially be some, you know, some challenges there just because you know you that's something that comes with repetition. And of course, this is all very, very new for everyone involved. So I wanted to just make a note of that, um, but also um, not overstate it because I don't, I don't think we need to bring too much attention to it, but just something to monitor at this point in time. All right. So uh, folks, like I mentioned, Buffalo Bills general manager, Brandon Bean, he met with the media over the weekend. I'm going to share my most notable takeaways from his comments coming up next year on Locked on Bills. All right, let's close things out by reflecting on what I thought were the most interesting things that Brandon Bean said during his media session over the weekend. And then I want to tease what's coming uh, tomorrow and Wednesday on the podcast because I'm very, very excited about it. Uh, So Brandon Bean, I want to get into just a few things that he mentioned first uh, on the path that led him to Shane Ray. Right. We talked about him in the opening segment. Brandon Bean said we didn't hit on any defensive ends after the draft as far as guys to sign. And he mentioned we're excited to get Cameron Klein, who they claimed off waivers from Indy, and they, he just simply called it, hey, we're kicking the tires on Shane Ray. So I think it's a good way to put it. But it also does kind of lean into what I've been talking about and that this team needs to add something meaningful at defensive end. And it uh, looks like between signing uh, Cameron Klein off waivers from the Colts, who's a young player in the league out of South Dakota, um, Played, you know, not a ton of snaps for the Colts, but some of their people have some nice things to say about him. You know, he's a player who will obviously, you know, be monitoring throughout the next several months. But him and Shane Ray are the two new additions here to the group. Otherwise, it's the exact same guys as last year. Uh, but kicking the tires on Shane Ray is how Brandon Bean referred to it. Uh, I thought this was a fun question that he was asked. Uh, Bean was asked, when the NFL schedule comes out, what's the first thing you look for? And Brandon Bean said, week one. You know, he wants to know who do we play in week one? When do we play our division teams? And then when do we go to Miami? And he was excited to uh, see that that was later in the year. And then, of course, he's interested in the bye week. But, folks, for as much as we talk about the Chiefs and the Bengals, and we we should, it's still about the Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins. You got to win your division. And um, Brandon Bean is never lost for mentioning that. He also uh, talked about the bye week. Remember, we talked about this. The Bills opted not to take the bye week after the London game. Instead, they get in week 13. And he said that they chose to decline the bye after the London game because it was so early in the season. That would mean a week six bye week. And so because it was so early in the season, the Bills requested a home game on either side of the London trip, and they actually got both. They got a home game before the London game and a home game after the London game. And Brandon Bean did say if the London game was midseason or later, they would have taken the bye after. But those circumstances didn't really line up, and so they got a home game on both sides of the bye. On the signing of Puna Ford, Brandon Bean said they stayed interested in him throughout the process, said they couldn't get him to initially agree to the contract that they could give him, but they stayed connected through the draft. They got it done, called him a really good run defense player and at, at a minimum a strong pocket pusher against the pass. He said he helps you get to third downs by stopping the run. On the competition at guard, he said, look, it's going to be a competition uh, between now and the start of the season. He said, we've got some guys between Osiris Torrance, Ryan Bates. They paid Connor McGovern. They brought in David Edwards, Ike Bucker. He said, we like our depth. We've made no promises to anybody. And he even said, look, it's very much like the cornerback situation last year where 
they threw some bodies at it was his quote. They said they threw some bodies at it with Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford. And even throughout the course of the season, they played different guys. And so I know there's been some good herd mentality questions about the Bills potentially rotating some of these guards and, and it could happen. You know, the Bills are going to be really tasked with figuring out the right two guards to play, you know, next to Mitch Morse. And they got options. They really do. Now, look, they're paying Connor McGovern starter money. I think he's your left guard. And I think it's really coming down to the right guard situation between Torrance, Ryan Bates, and and David Edwards, honestly. Um, And I think David Edwards is an NFL starter. So I could talk myself into any one of them. But the reality is we could see all three of them, and the Bills will try to just figure out who who the right guy is to play with consistency. I would not be surprised at all. They've they've rotated at non-typically rotating positions, and I think we could see that this year at right guard. Uh, on Brandon Beans, uh, he was asked about his impressions of Dalton Kincaid to this point. He said, he's steady Eddie. No matter if he makes a great catch or he drops one, he's just even keeled and he's on the next play. He's coming in, working just like he's an undrafted kid. He said he's soaking it in. He's working, keeps his mouth shut, head down, and eyes up. So they got a guy that's ready to come in here and work and earn everything and interested to see how he acclimates to everything. And at what point he just becomes one of the guys, you know, just a a focal point of this football team, because he should be, I've been through this. I'm expecting a lot from Dalton Kincaid and, you know, there's certainly a grace period, right? There's an onboarding process, but as this season moves along and and especially next year, I'm expecting him to be a hundred target a year guy for this offense. And so it's, it's nice to kind of get to know him right now. And I like his mindset because this guy has a chance to be a big time factor for this football team. All right, folks, that's it for today. But I do want to talk about what we're doing tomorrow and Wednesday on the podcast. This is going to be our third annual roundtable of who the 10 most important players to the future of the Buffalo Bills are. And if this is going to be your first time listening to it, you're in for a treat. I have a panel of 11 different Bills podcasters and content creators, and we all have worked together over the last week to determine our consensus top 10 players to the future of the Buffalo Bills. And all 11 of us put together a ballot. I averaged all the scores together, and so we have a consensus 10. And over the next two days, tomorrow we're going to go through the list of the top 10. And so we'll reveal them player by player, and and I'll have a different member of the panel kind of come in and do that. And then I have some follow-up questions because, you know, while it is a consensus, there's a lot of different opinions. I think there was something near 20 different players that received top 10 votes. And so just kind of asking some follow-up questions to the panel as well, that's going to be on Wednesday. And so uh, make sure you come back and listen to those episodes. They're very, very good. But also in anticipation of that, be thinking to yourself and maybe even do it for yourself. Write down your list of the of who you think the top 10 play, top 10 most important players are to the future of the Buffalo Bills and go ahead and do that now and then it'll be fun to compare your list to the consensus list that comes out tomorrow on the podcast and I think you'll gain an appreciation for just how challenging it is. Like I mentioned, this is the third year that we've done this, but everybody on the panel will tell you that this was easily the most difficult year to kind of settle in on 10 and then even from there settle in on the right order. So that'd be cool if you did that now or at some point, you know, between now and, and when you listen to that episode, make your own list 
and then listen to what we come up with, and then we can kind of can compare and, and carry on some good discourse uh, based on the way that you see it and the way that the panel saw it. So that's coming your way Tuesday and Wednesday here on the podcast. My plan is Thursday will be herd mentality. So a lot of good stuff here coming up for you in the coming days on Lockdown Bills. So make sure that you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.